College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and to break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. That's what the women and children of Eden go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Later in this show, we will be joined by UAB head coach Andy Kennedy. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also, send me your questions on Twitter. I'll get to them later in this podcast. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. And a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on Stitcher. You can find us there right now. And I also want to let you know today's episode of the College Hoops Today podcast being sponsored by Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to have UAB head coach Andy Kennedy on the podcast here in a couple minutes. Rock solid at Ole Miss. He was great this past couple of years, especially this last year on ESPN and the SEC Network. It'll be a seamless transition for him at Ole Miss. But as I mentioned, Andy Kennedy did a lot of television work and a lot of broadcasting work. In relation to the SEC conference, there was some big news in the SEC conference on Monday morning before we got on the air. Emmanuel quickly, as expected, entering the NBA draft in 2020. He is expected to stay in. This, to me, creates an interesting dynamic for Kentucky moving forward. Because Kentucky, from everything I'm gathering, is going to lose Nick Richards as well to the NBA draft in the near future. That means that the key piece remaining for Kentucky entering next season in terms of a player that needs to return is EJ Montgomery. Because if EJ Montgomery, who right now isn't forecasted as a first round pick in the 2020 NBA draft, does not return to Kentucky, the player from last year's Kentucky team that will come back to school with the most returning experience will be Keon Brooks. And I know that Kentucky and Duke seem to be the exceptions in terms of the programs and the teams that have the ability to stay highly ranked in the preseason despite not having a great deal of experience. But you look at Kentucky's roster, even if it loses, okay, Nick Richards and returns EJ Montgomery, you are still going to have a perimeter Devin Askew, Terrence Clark, and B.J. Boston in terms of projected starters that has not played a minute at the collegiate level. Kentucky added some experience last week in Davion Mintz, a grad transfer from Creighton. They're also in the mix for Purdue grad transfer Matt Harms. But I've said this ad nauseum for years returning personnel always usurps incoming personnel when it comes to having a chance to be one of the best teams in the country in college basketball. Do I think that John Calipari will eventually figure it out and have Kentucky really good in January and February, even if EJ Montgomery leaves? 
Absolutely. Do I think there's still going to be hiccups for Kentucky in November and December in terms of losing some games, even if EJ Montgomery stays? Absolutely. But that is the piece right now that Kentucky needs back. I have Kentucky right now after losing Emmanuel quickly as number 10 in my preseason top 45 for next season. Kentucky's got one of the top recruiting classes in the country. They've got high ceiling freshmen in Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston, as well as Devin Askew. But again, no real perimeter returning experience for Kentucky after the loss of Emmanuel quickly. What does Andy Kennedy think about Kentucky's prognosis for 2021? And what are the things he wants to accomplish in year one at UAB? We check in with Andy Kennedy, the new head coach at UAB, coming up next on the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Before we talk to UAB head coach Andy Kennedy, I want to tell you about Harry's Razors. Hoops may be on hold, but your grooming schedule shouldn't be, and now is not the time to be overpaying for razors at the drugstore. Sometimes it's better to stay inside something Harry's knows well. That's why they ship directly to you so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home. Take it from me, Harry's is a return to the essentials. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. That means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. Let me tell you, the smooth, comfortable shave I get from Harry's razor is second to none. And the rejuvenating scent of the shave gel is just what I need first thing in the morning. I love the shave that I get with Harry's products. And right now you can join me in the 10 million others who have tried Harry's with a special trial offer at harrys.com slash hoops. And with their 100% quality guarantee, there's no risk. Really, if you don't love your shave, let them know and you get a full refund. Listeners, of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash hoops. You'll get a weighted ergomonic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash hoops and start shaving better today. A rather quiet spring this year on the coaching carousel, but One of the premier hires on the circuit was UAB hiring alum Andy Kennedy to lead their basketball program. And the aforementioned head coach joins the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein right now. And AK, what is it like operating as a new head coach during these current circumstances in the world? Well, John, it's it's a lot like what we're all doing. We're taking it day by day because we don't know what the next day holds. You know, typically when you take over, a situation such as I did, there is a, 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 a game plan by which you execute. You know, you immediately get your arms around your current players. You figure out who's staying, who's going. You get on the court. You get to work. You assemble a staff. You hit the trail recruiting. None of that can occur. I've actually only had an opportunity to, to meet with one of the current players face-to-face because – he was still in Birmingham, uh, did not leave for spring break uh, when all of this occurred. You know, all these kids, they, their season ended uh, so abruptly like all of college basketball did. They then go home in what they think is going to be a week away on spring break and uh, get then notified not to return. So, you know, I hadn't had a chance to do any of the things that you typically do when you take over a program, but – Again, like everybody that is listening to this, we've all had to learn to adjust and adjust quickly. 
Well, you know, you mentioned obviously only meeting with one player in person. One of the key parts when you take over a new job is building a rapport with the players that you inherited. How hard is that to do when you can't physically be in front of them? It's really difficult. You know, I spend a lot of time uh, on my phone, on FaceTime, just trying to connect, number one, to make sure that they're okay, that that uh, their, their needs met as it relates to, to helping them through this transition really on all levels. And then you just try to, you know, you try to establish a vision. The one thing that I do have, John, coming into this, I've been a coach. I was at, I was, I've been a head coach for 13 years. I was at Cincinnati for the one and then Ole Miss for 12. So I do have a body of work where the guys can go and, and, and see, hey, man, this is the way that the guy coaches. This is how – uh, he's telling us we're going to play, and he's got, again, a body of work to back most of that up. So, you know, for, for me, it's just trying to establish relationships. Uh, it's been the same in recruiting uh, because you obviously cannot go and have human interaction face-to-face as you typically would. So you're, you're watching a lot of tape, and you're leaning on a lot of guys that you've developed relationships with over not only the 13 years that I was a head coach, but the 23 years I've been in the business. You know, we're really leaning on people that we've had uh, – we've had good relationships with in the past. You know, I know that you played at UAB. I know that you're very familiar with the Birmingham area. You moved there, obviously, after your tenure was done at Ole Miss. Take us inside how the process with UAB evolved. Well, John, you said it. I had a a great 12-year run at at Ole Miss in my home state. Very, very blessed to have been a head coach in the SEC for over a decade. When that came to an end in March of eighteen. I was really fortunate as it relates to timing because my youngest daughter, Caitlin, was was a senior in high school. A lot of times, coaches in, in most especially small college towns, even when their ride ends, they have to stay in the community, which is not ideal, based on you know children and in school and all of the things that come with that. Well, I was really fortunate. My oldest daughter, Megan, was already at Sanford University here in Birmingham. My youngest was graduating high school, so I finished in March. She graduates in May. We moved to Birmingham in June. Now, at the time, we had no idea what we were going to do next, but we knew where we wanted to do that, and that was Birmingham, which has always been our home away from home. I then did the ESPN thing for a couple of years. I'm like everybody else. I was doing games. I I did a doubleheader at the SEC tournament with – Tom Hart and John Sunwell on Wednesday night. We're then dealing with, you know, initially they said, hey, we're going to continue the tournament on Thursday, just no fans. So we go back to the hotel on Wednesday night thinking, okay, how's this going to look? We're going to do the games, no fans. We then get the call uh, first thing Thursday morning, hey, we're shutting this thing down, go home. So I was fortunate. The tournament was in uh, Nashville. I had driven over. I'm driving back to Birmingham. It's a little surreal. I get back Thursday. On Friday, I get a text from a, from another UAB alum saying, hey, I've heard they've made a change uh, in the basketball coach. So I then get a call the next day, and it started from there, and, and it happened rather quickly. You know, if I was not in Birmingham and this was a few days later, who knows, you know, what would have happened as it related to the timing because no one could fly and no one could meet face-to-face. We kind of got in before all of that was mandated. Now, you had a job in basketball, it wasn't coaching, but it was in the media prior to taking the UAB job. You know, a lot of coaches, when they're looking for a certain reentry point, they want to take a job, but it had to be the right job. Why did UAB, aside from the fact that it was your alma mater, check all the boxes? Well, 
you're right. Yeah, number one, I, w- I was I was very very appreciative for the opportunity provided to me by ESPN and the SEC Network. It was great for me the two years that I was able to do that. I'd been a coach for 23 straight years. And when you're a coach, obviously you're watching a lot of basketball, but you're looking at it through the prism of a coach's lens, meaning, hey, you've got a critical eye of how would we defend this? How would we match up with that? All of the things that coaches think about, even, even as you're watching NBA playoff games, you're still looking at it. Like, okay, maybe we could put that in for this player. You're, you're, you're looking at it strictly from a coach's perspective. Doing the TV thing was tremendous because it gave me a 30,000-foot a view, so to speak, uh, of the big picture of basketball, and it was very, very helpful for me on a personal as well as professional basis. You're right, John. I was just not – I wanted to coach again. It's in my blood. Uh, I honestly think sitting here today I'm better than I've ever been because of my perspective. Uh, but I, I didn't want to just take any job. And this certainly to me is not just any job. This is my alma mater and my home away from home in a, in a city that I love, for a university that I love. Uh, it was really ideal. And, and the circumstances notwithstanding, I'm really, really excited about having the opportunity to get this program back to the vision that the founding father, Gene Barta, who I played for, when he created this thing in 1978, uh, and did an incredible job right out of the gate of, of putting UAB basketball on the map. I am going to fight daily to get back some national relevance as it relates to this basketball program. UAB head coach Andy Kennedy joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Well, you mentioned the term national relevance, and you know this because you've worked in the media. We have seen a shift in some ways in the way conference scheduling is structured because we have more and more conferences now going to 20 game league schedule that affects conferences like conference USA. What is it like to see how that transition has been for a conference USA league that for a long time, you know, when John Calipari was at Memphis had a chance maybe to have multiple teams in the NCAA tournament. And now it feels more like a one bid league on an annual basis. Well, you know, what we've got to do, uh, meaning us at UAB, we've got to be very, very aggressive in our non-league. We've got to try to, to put ourselves in position, not only to prepare for the rigors of conference play, but also to have opportunities for quality wins so, you know, we're working on that. That's another challenge as, as you deal uh, with these unusual circumstances of trying to, to gather a schedule and try to figure out what your roster looks like so that you can challenge yourself but do so in an appropriate manner. And then when you get in your league, you've got to try to take care of business night in and night out. I, you know, for me, um, I want to put us in a position where we're battling year in and year out to win conference championships and that is at the Conference USA level. Uh, we realize the landscape of college basketball, as you spoke about, uh, and we have got to try to play our hand as best we can. How specifically do you plan the schedule, given obviously UAB has some built-in rivalries, and obviously it's a program with rich tradition? Yeah, we're just going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to tap into a lot of people that I know throughout the course of, of my tenure. We've already, we don't have it contracted, so I don't want to say, but we've already got some marquee people based on friendships that, that have committed to come into Birmingham, not this upcoming year. You can imagine at this late date, even though basketball, unlike football, you don't, you don't necessarily schedule two or three years down the road, but 
this schedule was pretty much in place. We're trying to add some pieces as we speak. Uh, but going forward, where we've got a clean slate, we're, we're really going to try to get aggressive. And that, if that means going on the road more times than we would, we would prefer to play a quality opponent, then that's what we're going to do. But we've already gotten great reception from, again, coaching friends, coaching colleagues that, that I have uh, established throughout uh, my coaching career. And many of those people have, have certainly uh, uh, been very, very helpful in providing us some non-league punch, most especially in Birmingham, which I think will excite our fan base. Well, you know, you're in a process right now of taking over a team that somebody else recruited, which is part of the deal when you're coaching and you get a new job. Now, Kermit Davis did that when he took over for you at Ole Miss, and he took a group of players that you put together to the NCAA tournament. What was it like for you last year to watch that nucleus that you constructed play in the field of 68 and hear their name called on Selection Sunday? Well, you know, and, and this is not just coach speak. Number one, Kermit is a friend of mine. I've known Kermit for over 30 years. I thought he was the right choice for Ole Miss at the right time. I also knew, you know, I, I was there for 12 years. We had 11 consecutive winning seasons, 11 consecutive finishes inside the RPI top 20, and, and save for year 12 in years 11, 10, 9, go back. You know, that, that group was used to winning 20-plus games and making postseason runs. The and, and my next to last year there, we won 22 games, went 10 and 8 in the SEC, and won two games at Monmouth and at Syracuse. And you you know better than anyone how difficult that is in the NIT to to make it to the NIT quarterfinals. So when when my contract was not renewed, I knew that hey man, there's an appetite for change, and I get it. So we did what we thought we needed to do as it related to roster construction in my last year. Wheels kind of fell off. Time for change. Uh, and I knew that uh, prior to, to anyone else having to tell me that. When Kermit came in, I knew that he had a very, very solid nucleus led by Terrence Davis, who was an all-league player, Brian Tyree, who was an all-league player. And those kids, you know, Terrence Davis is now going on to, to star in the NBA, and he's right on the precipice of, of being one of the outstanding young players in that league. So I knew that, that the base was there, and Kermit, I knew with a new voice, uh, was going to be able to get them back and get them back quickly because he was inheriting a nucleus that was used to winning. Here, we uh, at UAB, they returned five of their top six scores. Of those five, four have committed to come back and return and, and play under me. There's going to be some attrition, as you well know, and, and justifiably so. I've spoken to everybody on the team, and I've told them, if, if you didn't come here to play for me, uh, if you want to pursue other avenues, then we will do everything in our power to help you in that pursuit. If you want to stay here, here's what I'm going to try to make it look like. And again, four of the five have returned. We're going to try to add some pieces uh, around those to give us a chance to, to make that run, much like Ole Miss did here in year one. UAB's Andy Kennedy joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. You know, AK, coaches have perceptions of the media at some point before they work in the media, and then some of those perceptions dissipate once they work in the media. How does Andy Kennedy perceive right now the media, present company excluded, of course, now versus <laughs> prior to working at ESPN and the SEC Network? Well, I have always had the perspective that media have a job to do, coaches have a job to do. Sometimes those align, sometimes they do not. Uh, the one thing that, that, that I have got a, a much greater appreciation for from working on the other side of the camera is the fact that, that the, the how, how, how much work, how much effort 
how much energy the TV people, the broadcast people put into to giving uh, colleges and student athletes a platform from which to perform. Uh, incredible people, uh, people that really care and they go the extra mile in trying to, again, provide a platform uh, for which the student athletes throughout the country have an opportunity to perform. So uh, I have got nothing but respect and love for all the people that I work with uh, throughout these last two years. Now, one of the great things about having type of a sabbatical year or two is you can go and spend time with other programs that you're covering or even other programs that you're not covering, if you so choose, during the preseason. What's the biggest thing that Andy Kennedy took from maybe another coach that he jotted in his notepad and wants to apply to his own team now at UAB? John, that is a great point. Not only do you look at things differently when you're a broadcaster, as I, as I touched on earlier, but what people don't realize is when you're coaching, the only practices that you get to see are the ones that you are participating in. You know, a lot of uh, your opponents are not inviting you in to observe their practices. So I have got the opportunity to see a multitude of guys, Hall of Fame-level guys, that uh, and see how their team prepares. And, and I was really, really fortunate in that every coach that, that I covered was incredibly open and accessible, allowing me in film sessions, allowing me in meetings, allowing me in staff meetings, uh, watching how they prepare their team. So there are a number of things that uh, that I will take and try to implement in this program moving forward. You know, AK, I've done this for a long time, and you know, certain coaches will kind of say, hey, if I can just get to this point, I'm going to be done, I'm going to retire, I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm not saying that you were retired, but when you're in the media, you have an off-season and there's more idle time in between games, in between assignments than you would have, obviously, if you were, were, were in coaching. How now do you view the opportunity to work and the opportunity to do this for as long as you can versus maybe before having a year, year and a half where you weren't directly involved in coaching? Well, I don't really understand when people say recharge your batteries, but now I have a better understanding for for what that means. Uh, As you said, John, it's completely different. You know, coaching is 365, 24-7. It is what it is. It it is a grind. But when you're wired uh, to to live in that grind, you miss it. Uh, And I I went through withdrawals. Like the first six months after my deal at Ole Miss ended, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I had to – I had to uh, deprogram my thought process. I almost uh, felt guilty not feeling more stressed. I had to go through all of that. And then in year one, as you well know, when you, when you get into television and media, you don't even really know what that looks like. You just kind of figure it out as you go. In year two, I had a much better understanding of what I was dealing with. I was able to enjoy it a little bit more in year two. Uh, but I always had an eye for if the right opportunity came along, I want to jump right back uh, into those trenches and go to battle. You know, a lot of times people say, well, on TV, you know, coach, you never lose a game. But the reality is you don't win one either. And I missed that competition, and I wanted to be back in the battle. And to be able to do it in my home away from home in Birmingham, Alabama, leading my alma mater, it could not have worked out better for me. Well, you mentioned the thrill of competition. To me, the two wins that stand out for Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss 
are beating Florida in the SEC tournament title game in 2013 and then winning an unbelievable game over BYU in the NCAA tournament a couple years later. How hard was it to replicate those types of feelings when you were doing games on TV? Well, that's you can't you can't replicate it. You know, when I when I was on television, my goal was this. My goal was to not act like I was the smartest guy in the room. It was to not over talk, and I struggle with that at times, as you would know me well, John. But not over talk. Try to give some some insight as it relates to watching the game through a coach's eyes, but also bring some levity to it. Have some fun. It is entertainment. Uh, and I know we're all, as sports fans, myself and, and yourself included, we're all starving for the sports that we're missing right now. Hopefully we can get uh, that back sooner rather than later, and I think it'll, it'll really be a, a uh, help in the healing process for our country. Final thing, I know your roster is still in flux. I know you're dealing with some uncharted territory in terms of the circumstances around your program, around the world right now. Regardless of all of that, what are the biggest things you feel that you need to accomplish in year one to lay the foundation that you want to lay at UAB? Well, I've been able to, to add uh, members of my staff. I'm not complete yet. That's, a, that's been an issue as well as it relates to just you know, dealing with the process of getting people hired under these circumstances. But I've, I've got some really quality people that are on board with me, boots on the ground, so to speak. So, that, so we're working hard to, to, uh, to make this roster as good as it can be so we could compete for a championship in Conference USA year one. That is the goal. Anything less than that is unacceptable. AK, appreciate a couple of minutes. Stay safe. Congratulations on the gig. And as always, look forward to staying connected along the way. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. We'd like to thank UAB head coach Andy Kennedy for joining us on the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. I want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. But before we get to our social media, media portion of the program. Do you ever feel like you're always on, that you just need a moment to turn off for a little bit? If the pace of things is wearing you down, take my advice and choose the one beer that's made to chill. Coors Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. Listen, I spend a lot of time on the road. My life is always go, go, go. That's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment of chill. It's literally made to chill. Heck, even the Coors Light bottles tell you just how cold it is. The mountains turn blue. If the pace of things is wearing you down, take a moment, pause, refresh yourself. Take it from me. With all that's going on in the world today, there is no better reset button than a night of watching college basketball classic games, a pizza or two if you're me, and cracking open a can of the perfect refreshing beer for chilling. Coors Light. Coors Light is brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it's actually made to chill. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and only 102 calories. Remember, it's okay to sit back and turn life off for a little bit, so when you want to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And time now for our social media portion of the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Send me your questions on Twitter. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. And our first question comes from Giller, and it's John. If Jalen Crutcher returns to Dayton, do you think Dayton will land a strong transfer in the transfer portal? If yes, 
What do you think their ceiling would be? To me, if Jalen Crutcher returns next season for Dayton, Dayton will be a very good Atlantic 10 team. For Dayton to be a team that can be a team that can make the top 25 with regularity, they need to add some reinforcements from the transfer portal. Those are the big things I think you need to look at. Our next question comes from Chris Gargiulo, and it's John. Can Penn State sustain the success? Penn State had a season to remember this year, and it's unfortunate that Penn State was not rewarded for that with a berth in the NCAA tournament. Two big losses in Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins. I think by committee with the addition of Val Manuel, with the return of John Hara, I think that Penn State can make up for the loss of Watkins by committee. For them to have a chance to make the NCAA tournament and be in the NCAA tournament picture, they need a massive jump out of Seth Lundy, who showed flashes late in the season. Final question comes from Mallory Howard and John. Who do you think UConn is the best shot of landing for their last scholarship? You know, UConn's been involved with certain grad transfers, but to me, UConn still has more than enough in the tank to be a top five team in the Big East and compete for an NCAA tournament berth in year three under Dan Hurley. Big thing I'm curious about in stores, will Dan Hurley play small and play incoming freshman Andre Jackson at power forward? Remember when Dan Hurley was in his last year at Rhode Island, that team won a game in the NCAA tournament by playing a four-guard lineup. Maybe the best team he's had as a head coach, that team beat Trey Young in Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament. Now, let's get to some nuggets. And remember, five good nuggets being brought to you this week by Geico. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial. I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, let's get to some nuggets. Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. <laughs> but you were close. Nugget number one, Bryce so nice. With the addition of Harvard grad transfer Bryce Aiken, Seton Hall has a legitimate chance to be an NCAA tournament caliber team for the sixth consecutive season. This will stabilize the Pirates' perimeter. Nugget number two, stark departures. No power conference team had a tougher stretch last week than Mississippi State. The Bulldogs potentially lost two players, Nick Weatherspoon and Robert Woodard, who would have been all SEC players next season. Remember, Mississippi State also lost Reggie Perry for last year's team that was 20 and 11. Nugget number three, no harm done. Purdue grad transfer Matt Harms has told me that he has cut his list to Arizona, Arkansas, Boston College, BYU, Gonzaga, Memphis, Kentucky, Minnesota, Texas Tech, and UNC Greensboro. Remember, as I talked about in our first segment, this could help Kentucky on the interior if indeed EJ Montgomery does leave for the NBA. Nugget number four, Palo Alto resurgence. Stanford could win the Pac-12 next season with the addition of five-star freshman Zaire Williams if Tyrell Terry returns to school. Stanford won't be picked to win the Pac-12. UCLA is my number one pick. Arizona will be two if Remy Martin returns to school. But Stanford, again, right now in my preseason top 25 as long as Tyrell Terry returns. 
Nugget number five, the power of the list. One big thing to remember during the NBA draft process over the next few months. If a player signs with an agent who is not certified by the NCAA, that player then loses his eligibility and the right to return to college next season. We'd like to thank UAV head coach Andy Kennedy for joining the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. I'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. This was the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein.